please make welcome the Ball and All podcast, James Tiger Woods, Beric Eckerbarts, and the king of speaking in the third person, Steve Condor Condo Condon. Okay, well, here we are, Jared. We are back. It's, uh, we're going to have Tina Turner, I think, to kick this one off. It's going to be one of the great grand finals, maybe reminiscent of uh, 89, 97, 2023, Panthers versus the Broncos. Welcome. Yeah, it looks a cracking game, doesn't it? it looks a cracking matchup. I, uh, we've, we've said for weeks we thought this looked the matchup. They looked like. Um, in week one that they might end up on either sort of draw. That's how it's unfolded. They both played the, played the same teams in different order on the way through, but it does look a cracking match-up. What, um, I know we were probably hoping and praying that we might get an upset last week. Before we get on to the game, let's just have a quick run-through of, uh, of last night. Uh, the official awards, uh, Dally M, was it the right... Right decision? Oh, listen, I thought Johnson was probably going to last, and I thought it's been highlighted across social media today. There were probably four games where he was an absolute standout and he only got four points out of those four games. Um, How you could watch those games and the performances that he offered, and he ended up with so few points, and that then cost him the result. But, you know, listen, Ponga was outstanding in the back half of the season. Uh, surprising that having missed uh, so much football and also then taking a few weeks to get his game back going, but he once he did was mounting double points in all of those games and uh, he ended up you know crossing the line in front. But you know, two worthy winners and you know, Ponga's second half of the season was outstanding. Uh, but I don't know how you ever get the right format. I mean, the AFL have been crying for the last three days about who ended up getting the best Brownlow uh, and that the umpires uh, put those points in and we don't have the referees doing it anymore in rugby league. We have you know, a range of panellists doing it and you know, a lot of people weren't happy with the results, so who knows. i tell you, um, I was really happy to see Andrew Webster get uh, Coach of the Year, but how do, you, how, do you, how do you coach a team that is now in their fourth grand final in a row and will quite possibly well, their favourites to win their third one under the same coach, and he's not coach of the year. Uh, beggar's belief, Stephen. Um, listen, you know, I too love Andrew Webster. Absolutely love him. And, and the job he's done, I think he's a breath of fresh air. I love his approach. I love what he's uh, rebuilt with the Warriors and alike. They finished top four, fantastic. But Stephen, they had a very soft draw, beat the Panthers the Broncos, the Storm, the Rabbits or the Roosters throughout the season. Um, mm. I just found it um, very surprising. And, um, you know, Ivan Cleary, there seems to be a, a very key agenda against him coming out of News Limited for the last two or three years. Was that, so I mean, we, was that was that all as a, a result of, you know, the all the blow-up of him, you know, rejoining and going back from the Tigers 
um, and sort of the way the, the media dished on him, do you think? Well, what, what, what unfolded at the time was he had a pretty uh, heated uh, number of blow-ups in the background that were never really public with a number of people at News Limited who tried to stick it to him. Um, uh, over that him, Yes, yes, right. over that. But he told them, you know, a few, a few blunt assessments, uh, and you know, there's been a significant falling out, and there's been a few people there who've been gunning for him ever since. And so, you know, you only have to look at the coverage on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night this week of um, NRL 360. I don't watch that show. I've had that many people send me messages about. Yeah, the perceived side just absolutely sticking it to the Panthers, sticking it to Ivan, um, the referee, and his appointment because supposedly he's got a great record under Penrith. I mean, the Panthers have been a very high win rate for many years. I think there's many referees and a very high win strike rate when refereeing the Panthers. So, yeah, I don't know. Well, let's start with the referee. Um, new appointment for the for the weekend. Um, it's his first grand final. Uh, is his, Well, first question, Adam G, is he the right person for the job? I mean, it doesn't matter what we think, but what do you think, Joe? Well, I think he is. And, you know, I thought out of last weekend that he was the man that should get the job. I think he's done uh, a very good job through his semifinals. A couple of things I liked early in the first half last week between Penrith and the Storm was, you know, that could get grubby. It could be a lot of wrestle in the ruck and a lot of shit. And it's really difficult for a referee to really clamped down on that all the way through a game. But he blew early penalties against both teams and made it really clear that he wanted to try and clean the ruck up. I thought that was good. Um, you know, there's criticism that at times he can end up with too many and more than Klein or Sutton because he might blow a couple more penalties and a couple more six against. But realistically, he seems to average somewhere around seven to eight, maybe ten uh, I think in a grand final, and given the matchup that we've got, that he'll probably let them play footy um, and, and just try and keep it clean. Uh, I think he was the right appointment. I mean, you know, Klein clearly had made a poor error a number of weeks ago. I also, at times, don't like the fact that Klein is not prepared to clean up the ruck and he ends up with a very shallow 10 metres. Um, you know, I think Jared Sutton's been a very good referee in the past. I'm just not sure that. He might not be in his twilight of his career. And, and clearly, you know, that pass last week went three metres forward. It, um, he had to be dropped. What? Uh, let's, let's fire up the matrix. What are the stats of both sides under the referee? Is there a bias oh, to the way? Oh, there's a slight advantage to the Panthers. But it, it, it's not lopsided. And, you know, certainly I'm not factoring any of that into, into the game. Yeah, okay, right. So no, no no, real big differential there to, to consider? No, 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 not at all. Yeah, okay. No, and, you know, Klein, Klein will be in, in, in the booth um, as the video referee. He's done a lot of work with um, Andrew G uh, at, in the past, Adam G, sorry, in the past. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's all about the players and, and them sorting out the game. So they go. Uh, both sides are going to take the take the park at, for a seven thirty seven thirty p.m. kickoff on Sunday night. Long weekend, unchanged, which is pretty unusual, really. Um, and they've both had unchanged seventeen uh, eighteen for a couple of weeks now. Um, good benches. And certainly for both had a sides. last weekend. And, and and a really good thing is that 
they're pretty much the best lineups for both teams. Yeah, they are. And when they last played, it was back in round 12. Now, the Broncos were missing uh, Reynolds, which is clearly out, but uh, they they got beat fair and square 15-4 that night. But the key thing out of that game when I went back and had another good look at it was uh, both forward lineups were pretty much the same that as we see this weekend. So uh, it was a bit of a good guide and blueprint for what I think we are going to see in this game. Um, and it's you know pretty much the best of what the, each has got to offer. So uh, realistically, we should see a cracking good matchup and the players sort this out. So unchanged lineups, um, how do you think, let's just firstly focus on Brisbane, how do you think Brisbane have to play the game to be any chance to beat um, a pretty short price favourite in a grand final paying $1.64 uh, to beat the Panthers? Well, I don't think they're short enough if we just look at the markets first. Ooh. Because uh, if what's happened in the background is uh, the launch of Better last year, the uh, new bookmaker, they offered the big promo of 101 uh, and allowing people $10 to win 1000 Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And AFL. Now, what that's done is it's inflated the Broncos' price because there are so many people on the Panthers and in the AFL it's also on the Collingwood. Uh, that it's meant that a lot of those people who are very smart have taken advice this weekend, paid off on the Broncos to end up with a result. So if they back the Broncos, if they have 300 bucks on the Broncos, the net result is if the Panthers or the Broncos win, they're going to win $700 collect out of the game. And so what that's meant is we've got the Panthers at 160, what, 162, 165. I think the Panthers should be $1.50, $1.51. Uh, and it means that we've got a line of three and a half. I think the real line um, is is four and a half to five. Okay. And I had a long discussion with Tristan Merlihan yesterday, who is a significant bookmaker, and he agrees. He he actually thought that if you took the trade off and the, and the hedging that people have done on the Broncos, that the Panthers were probably about a dollar forty nine favourites in his opinion, if he was setting the market. So that's where I think we are. So, yes, we've got very clear favourites. Um, and, and the key is, you know, the old boxing term of, you know, styles win fights uh, and styles make fights. And it's very much uh, the case here. And I think if we, you know, I think a lot of people got very excited about how attractive and um, all of that ball movement that the Broncos had last weekend absolutely sticking it to the Warriors. But I just caution a little that if you... Look at that game and go back and peel back some of the stats. Um, your average run metres per set is somewhere around 38 to 39 run metres per set for good games where you've got good quality against good quality. Well, last week they ended up running 50 metres per set, so about 11 or 12 metres per set more because there was so much latitude. The Warriors just couldn't shut them down and defend. We ended up seeing 23 offloads. You know, the Broncos on a good day against a good team might do 12 to 14. Well, they did 23. It turned into a really um, open game of lots of latitude, lots of room, lots of ball movement, lots of strike. I thought 42 was a bit flattering. At one stage, I thought we are going to end up with 50-something and maybe 60. So it's not going to be like that. I love what the Broncos do with attack, but they're now going to be doing it against a defence that will shut them down and make them earn those opportunities and bring a bit of risk. Uh, if we go back to that round 12 blueprint again, 
Uh, the Broncos ended up with 12 offloads that night. Well, the Panthers had 13. So, you know, they're also prepared to try and hit you with some second phase as well. If we go back to that Storm Panthers game last weekend, I thought the Storm were really close to them in the first half. Absolutely whacked should have been them in 10 the middle. It was very physical. It should have been 10 all yeah. at half time. And the Panthers ended up with 11 more completed sets at half time, yet all of the key stats were really even. And that was because the Storm gave away too much ball, too much error, and put pressure back on themselves. But they showed a, a path that you, if you take it to the Storm in the middle, you can upset them, you can put them off their game. Um, the Eels did that with big bodies through the middle back in the last round where they absolutely whacked them and then created opportunity. That's what the Broncos have got to do. My other concern with the Broncos, though, is I just think they're too polite in defence. They, they, they don't hurt you. They, they clean up. They defend really well. They don't make errors. They don't leak points, but they don't hurt you. Yeah, I, I, think, I, and I, think, the I think their attack just... Um just concentrating on that sort of offload number, I, I think to beat the Panthers, which I think this will be really, really difficult for them to do, they'll have to have north of 20 offloads again just to create yes. enough space to rack up enough points to beat, you know, arguably the best defensive side in the last four years. Um, and and they've been amazing in the last three or four games. Well, so, they, they need, they'll need four tries. Yep. They'll need a starting point of four tries, yeah. you know, somewhere around 22 to 24 points to put themselves in a, in a position to win. Uh, and the Panthers only leak 12 a week. So you really got to take some risk. Um, you know, Reynolds has got to have a game for the ages, but that's why he got paid the big bucks. That's why they brought him here. This is the day that he repays them. Um, you know, Walsh has got all of that speed and strike, um, you know, Farnworth and... Stags on edges, you know, they've got the capability, ammunition. They just got to try and find opportunity to crack these guys, and they'll probably only get maybe four, maybe five, and they've just got to make them stick. Yeah, the stat that uh, really stands out to me too, also on the Panthers, is, um, and I know we spoke about this earlier in the week, but seventy-four games where the Panthers have led at half time. So that's pretty much a stat over the last three years. They've won 73 times. Yep. So yeah, they do, the they Broncos have anything. to start well. Yep. They've got to start well. Uh, they're either going to be really close, if not leading at half time. Um, and you, know, you just go back to that game against the Storm last week. That last 10 minutes and a half time, the Panthers were just moving from second gear into third gear and then they just got stronger into the second half and you know, their three big blokes in the middle were outstanding. Fisher Harris, I, I tell you uh, he and Leota, I feed them buckets of, of raw meat every week they're just, and I mean that as a compliment they're just big, strong, physical front rowers. I just love them they're, you know, the, the game's been around a long time and there's been a lot of change over 20 years but the fundamentals haven't changed. Big bodies in the middle that hurt to get your yardage that are really even defence. I mean, Fisher Harris just led from the front. Mm. Yeah, he's he's a, he's I, a scary human, Fisher Harris, isn't he? Oh, absolutely. And then you know, if you've gone whack with him, you got Lee behind him, and then uh, Lenu off the bench. I mean, it's a very very good middle. And then Liam Martin. I mean, he's been cranky over the last couple of weeks. He just hurts people for fun. He's on that right edge. You know, Tago was poor last. Got a really poor defend against Olam, where Olam basically strolled through. 
Um, so, you know, Liam Martin's going to have to help him. He's going to have to work hard and make sure that that sticks because he's up against Farnworth, which is just a great matchup. And you know, Farnworth, he had room last week, but he was very good. I think one of the other key little tactical points just to notice here too, Steve, is if we go back three months ago, Ivan Cleary made a key deliberate change in moving Crichton to the left edge in attack, and he's been playing on the right edge for the last 18 months, and Tago's been playing on uh, on the left, and he's moved Tago on his return from injury to the right side. Now, I think if we go back to that game in round 12, the Panthers spent about 70% of their red zone attack targeting the left edge with the ball, which is the right edge for the Broncos, which is at Stags and Cobo. Now, those two guys are prone to key misses and also prone to being caught out. And also, Cobo loves to rush out of the line and can make an error. And, they, and the Panthers scored their first try in that left corner with uh, Taruva. And I'm sure that he's had this grand final matchup in mind for the last three weeks. He's moved quite into that edge. The other thing that Crichton brings by moving to that edge is he's a very good defender, and that's the edge that Walsh loves his sweep plays to. So he's going to have Crichton lining up where Walsh is going to want to come in with speed on the run. He's got Stags on the out and Cobo on the outside. Crichton will look to tighten that up. And then the other thing that Crichton can do is he's got a great intercept. So I think it's tactically very clever from Cleary, uh, he needs Tago to do the job on the opposite side, but I think just keep an eye when the Panthers are attacking that red zone. I, I expect a lot of the ball on the left edge going to Luai. He's got Sorensen, he's got uh, Crichton, and he's got Tuava on his outside. Mm. So you think that's the side that they'll they'll really concentrate their attack down? Yeah, I do. I do. And that's what they did in that round 12 game. And remembering, you know, we go back two years ago when they won the competition. You know, that 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 edge with uh, Luai and Crichton was just dynamite. You know, back then they were also playing Tyo on the left edge, and you know it was almost um, money for jam every week taking Crichton and and Tyo as an anytime try scorer. So they got a lot of experience together, a lot of quality combination, and uh, I'm looking for a big game from, uh, from Luai. I think he'll be very good on Sunday. Yeah. Don't disagree with that. Um, match up in the forwards. I mean, do you think the Broncos have to do anything different? I mean, obviously Reynolds has to have, you know, arguably the game of his career, I think, for the Bronx to be in, in with a chance of scoring four to five tries to rack up enough points against the best defensive side in the last three or four years to be a chance of winning in the grand final. Um, putting your – let's just put your coach's hat on for a sec uh, – What's Kevy going to do different in the forwards, if anything? And is Cleary going to do anything different to the last, you know, last? No, I, I think games? they both. I think they both showed their hands last week, and I think that we'll see more of the same. I mean, Haas and uh, and Flegler and Carrigan were very good last week. They need to be absolutely the same. I mean, Haas was outstanding. His numbers, his run meters, and his his defensive work. My only criticism, as I said before, they just don't really hurt anybody. Um, you know, I would really want them to be really physical and, and aggressive uh, and mean. But, you know, we'll see the same. But if they set that platform, <coughs> excuse me, if they set that platform, you know, Reynolds is going to have a little bit of room to play. Uh, Mom on the other side, you know, it's a very good combination. And, you know, Reynolds' experience of reading where he wants to play, his kicking game, 
influence he can have on the game. And he'll kick goals from everywhere uh, like Nathan Cleary. So high-quality matchup. Um, they need an absolute standout in the middle to then let Reynolds play one of his best games. So how do we see any time, first time, first try scorer or whatever combination the Matrix wants to throw up in the grand final for try scorers? Well, let's go with, Stephen, I'm still with the Panthers. Um, I marked a 22-16, so 38 points in the game. That's about where the overs or unders position is. Um, I think it's six of the last nine grand finals have ended up low scoring and points under. Last year was headed that way until, um, you know, the Eels crumbled in the last 10 minutes and the Panthers picked up a couple of junk time tries. It was going to be a low scoring but comfortable win to the Panthers. So I'm expecting that that's about the mark. I'm staying out of the points over under. Um, I do lean to the under, but I'm happy to let that pass. Um, I do do say I'm very keen on Taruva to score an any time try on the left hand edge and you know, we've only had two BBDO plays this year. Well, let's make this number three. Um, I think he's almost a lock to score on that left corner. And there's as good as $2.52 in the market around today. And, and a lot of the money is favoured around to- uh, on the other edge. But that's where I think that they're going to play so much of their footy. I just want to be with him to score at the corner. Certainly do think that Crichton could end up with a try. Um, also certainly think that... Um, uh, both wingers all up together. So taking uh, Taruva and Toto, that's 488. That's also a very nice price. Uh, and I want to also be with Luai to score an any time try. I think with so much of their, their ball and play heading to that left edge, if I'm correct, he's going to have a whale of a game. And any time try score at around $5, I think that's a great option. Okay. Um, so we like the Panthers, 22-16. We've gone through the try scorers. Now let's look at the man of the match. So the Clive Churchill medal. So Nathan Cleary, favourite at three dollars fifty. Reese Walsh six fifty. Reynolds eight fifty. Who do we like here? Oh, I think they're all the obvious. I can tell you a couple of real key stats. Why don't we wind out the finish of the NRL season with some nice stats from the, the Matrix? A, a rep player has won thirty four plus thirty seven man of the matches. Sorry, sorry. A rep player has won thirty-four of the last thirty-seven in a grand final, or that's correct. Right. Yeah, the yep. man of the match. Yep. So thirty-four of the last thirty-seven have been a rep player. Yep. Thirty-three of the last thirty-seven have been on the winning team. Well, I think that's a given. But where the lead there is, if you think you've got the winner, then just work around that side. But the other very key one is twenty-two of the last thirty-seven have been all fullbacks. Ah. Oh. And very rarely, very, very rarely do we ever see a back rower. So you're angling towards getting on Dylan Edwards at $11. No, I'm angling all over Jerome Luai, and he was $31 this morning. He's now 23. Oh, Jared, they won't give it to Jerome Luai. Uh, mate, it's a great story. He's a, he's a rep half. He's going to handle the football so often because I think they're going to play so much to that left edge. Coming back from a sh- major shoulder injury, he's had the world against him. <laughs> oh, dear. And he's carrying my money at $31. Listen, I, 
I think Nathan Cleary is the obvious, uh, and Reynolds is the other one. You know, clearly Walsh is somewhere in the picture. Uh, but I do think that there's going to be a fair bit of ball down that left edge, and um, I think that you know, if that's the case, and he can come up with a try, then he's going to be somewhere in the in the finish. Righto. Well, that wraps it up, and I tell you what, I can't wait uh, for on Grand Final Day is the halftime entertainment. We're going to have the uh, Tina Turner musical, I think, is it? I've got extra speakers coming into the house. I'll be turning it up full tilt. Uh, yeah, it's great. Uh, I mean, geez. Talking with my wife this morning about this, who would you rather listen to on Sunday? The 71-year-old guys uh, um, playing fake music for Kiss down uh, on Saturday at the AFL or on Sunday you've got Tina Turner. And the, uh, what is it, the Simply the Best musical. I mean, it would be fantastic. Oh, it's Great honour to the lady uh, uh, in this year. Absolute no-brainer. They should have it at every grand final. Righto, well, that's a wrap. That's the wrap from the Matrix. Uh, we've got all the best bets out there, so get on them. Um, can't wait for 7.30 Sunday night. I think it'll be an absolute cracker. Uh, I don't know. My heart tells me the Panthers are going to win, but it'd be great to see an upset. Yeah, we've got a cracking game. And the Broncos can win, there's no doubt. I mean, I, I think the Panthers are probably about a 65% chance. But, you know, there's some stranger things have happened in grand finals, and... The way the Broncos play football, there's certainly half a chance. And I think we've got, as you suggest, a cracking game of football. I hope we've helped a few people along the way during the course of the season. Um, I'll be putting a free preview of all of these notes up on the website on the weekend. So if they want to go to the website and have a look uh, on Saturday onwards, they'll find it there on the homepage down the bottom. And um, we might do a little uh, wrap-up on the grand final next week, Steve. Yeah, and I know I know one uh, one participant in our tipping comp that we've helped along the way is Greg Murdoch. As we announced a week ago, he's the winner. He's got two thousand dollars that's going to land in his account by Monday. And uh, we'll worry about it in February, but I got some really exciting news on what we might do with some tipping comps early next year, Steve. Sounds good. We'll talk over the weekend. Go the Panthers. <laughs> I'm on the Broncos. So yeah, who James Luai? Oh, he will not be man of the match. Go away. I'm going for uh, Adam Reynolds. There you go. Adam Reynolds. Man of the match. See ya. 39 years of age. Goodbye.